Welcome to the Business Meets Soul podcast. I'm your host, Tara Hegarty, and on this show, you can expect powerful, soul-shifting conversations to help you effortlessly expand, align your energy, and unlock your infinite potential in life and business. Because your definition of success isn't determined by an endpoint or goal. For you, success is the byproduct of being who you are, doing what you love, and living in alignment with your soul. Are you ready to anchor into deeper layers of abundance, service, and freedom together? Let's dive in. So welcome to Business Meets Soul podcast. Today, we're talking with a dear friend, soul sister, and author, Annie Cornish. Annie is a beautiful, creative spirit here on earth who has humbly written a book for those who have experienced the loss of their beloved pet. And in her book, Loss Unleashed, 28 Affirmations for Humans Who Have Lost Their Precious Pet, she shares a powerful and compassionate reminder that we are not alone in our grief and that the love we share with our pets will always be with us, even after they've gone. Welcome, Annie. So honored to have you on the podcast to talk all things pet loss, grief, and death. Oh, thank Mm. you, Tara. What a lovely little introduction. I feel so honored to be here. And what you said about grief and how we share it with each other. And I think that's really why this book came about. You have been Mm. there from the inception of this book since Mm. the morning I woke up and declared (laughs) that it was going to be written. Can we can we dive into that a little bit more? Because I wanted you to share a little bit about yourself so um, we get to know who Annie is, but also then your personal connection with how this book did come about. So, yeah. Yeah. So I've um, done a lot of small businesses in my life. And when the small business idea comes in, it comes in hard and fast, and I move very quickly on it. So I've owned a candle company. I've owned an Oracle card company. And now I am a published author, which feels really weird even saying I can't believe it. (laughs) And let me just put a little plug in for Tara, also a published author of Uh, Dawn Warrior. So I call you my book wife throughout mm -hmm. this because you really were there for me through the loss of Bibi. My husband was overseas for a lot of this and the death of BB was so hard for him that he couldn't, he still has not read this book. So thank goodness for you stepping in and saying, yes, let's do this. So that really helped give me the nudge when it dropped in. And so no, not knowing anything on writing and how this was going to look, I really tapped into my, my bigger guides for all the spiritual people out there, I I asked for help. I asked for guidance. I asked for BB to come in, and the places where I couldn't fill the hole, I really asked for help. Mm-hmm. And so, and that was a really big part of grieving as well. Was asking for help. I I was struggling, and I brought along my a book that I have just read as well uh, by David Kessler. And uh, yes, well, can we dive into him? A we are, we are going to dive into yeah. him. So I just, yeah. I just want to say that when I think for anybody, this goes out to everybody, when we are experiencing loss or hardship, mm. 
we come into those stages of grief that have been around forever. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's five stages. I'm not going to name them. And it felt really hard to put my grief into stages. It's helpful. Mm -hmm. They are very helpful tools. And it wasn't until I found the sixth stage of grief recently, um, that I really understood why this book came to be. Mm -hmm. And so it was me finding meaning in the loss of a lot of things. I was going through a big loss phase. I had just moved from America. Um, I was having a loss of identity. My husband Mm -hmm. wasn't here. Um, He's now here permanently, thank God. Um, And... Yeah, does that? Yeah, and that I guess I want to. Yeah, I want to. I want to talk about. Um, you know, losing. Uh, you know, a pet can be extremely painful, and mm-hmm. there's no right or wrong way to to grieve. And I think one of the most important things you have to remind yourself is that it's perfectly okay to grieve, and it's giving yourself that permission for the grief to be expressed. And you know, how many times do we go to cry? and release and I'm one of them but almost like hold back you know because of the fear that lies deep within you and the fear of that losing control because we may not be able to handle the cycles of emotions that are moving through us and so to be able to witness you in your vulnerability and you know obviously meeting BB before you know she passed uh it it was a, a beautiful and humbling experience and to see you know through that whole process that, you know, you've birthed this beautiful book, or, you know, called Loss Unleashed. And it's, it really is a testament to the strength that you've almost channeled from that grief process to bring something beautiful and good into the world. And so I just want to talk about BB, if that's okay. Yes. Um, so can you share just a little bit, how did the loss of BB influence your, your understanding of grief and that whole mourning process? There's two parts to this. So the first part, my husband Brad and I talk about this all the time, is that I have been in denial BB's whole life that she was ever going to die. I literally never thought she was going to die. Up until the moment she died, I still didn't believe it. It makes me want to cry right now. Um, And the other part of that was you came into the picture. So a little backstory on Tara and I. Tara and I have only known each other as long as I've been in Australia. We met a couple months after I moved here, and I asked Tara to open BB's Akashic Record. I didn't know what an Akashic Record was. I made that very clear to Tara. I don't know what this is, but something's telling me that I need you to open BB's record. And with with that, I learned so much about BB and I's relationship. And I think the most poignant thing that BB and I share is that we have a rolling agreement in our lifetimes that one of us will be an animal and one of us is a human so that we can heal up soul scars much more rapidly than maybe two human sisters or a husband and wife coming together. And so that was really incredible when I found that out because I knew that she and I had this very, very special relationship but I didn't know just how special it was. My soul knew, but my human self didn't know. And so this book has really become a testament to her legacy, but it is also, there's a third part to this that I felt so alone when she left. Now I'm going to cry when she left because part of me was gone. And I had had her since she was three 
she passed when she was almost 17. So what is that 13, 14 years? I don't know the math on that. Um, it's an eternity since she's been gone. And so with that, I was so alone and I learned so much in that grief that you cannot experience grief by yourself. You have to have someone witness it. And you've really, Tara, have been a part of that grief witnessing for me and a companion through this. And that's really why this book has come about as well as a companion, because a lot of times grief is very, very solo. And I am here to say it is my mission to make sure that grief is not meant to be an island. It is meant to be a community um, grieving process. That's why we have funerals. That's mm-hmm. why we have ritual when people pass. In our Western culture, death is really hidden. And I'm here to say death is okay. Mm-hmm. Like let's let's make it more open to yeah, everybody. Acceptable. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and and BB, I remember opening up BB's Akashic Records and he came over and she was in this beautiful, like, little bed, soft bed. And <laughs> she was. I had to ask her permission. So I remember asking permission and she came up and gave me a lick on the face and that was, like, a, an indication to me. It was like, yes, you can go in. And it was. It was such a beautiful experience, uh, not only understanding this uh, way of mm, your souls moving through uh, I wouldn't say universe, but souls are just the ways that you have worked things out. And it did make sense to me of why that grief was, you know, it's not just at a physical level. It was actually at this deep soul level. Yeah. And, you know, I guess even when our daily routines include pets, you know, the loss of can be kind of profoundly disruptive um, to our sense of home, to our sense of safety, mm-hmm. to our sense of purpose. And a big one for you, Annie, was that that sense of identity. And, you know, when when she was gone, it, it was also that level of um, sense of, you know, soul um, disconnection because there was such a strong cord or link there between the two of you. And, and so... I'd like to talk into about David Kessler because um, I really like, uh, you know, his. Um, he, he wrote this um, a quote that I remember. It's like grief is multifaceted, it's layered, and it's as complex as those who have died. And I really that. like that. And it, it it looks about. I want to talk about that grieving process um, and, and what that kind of looks like because you know we we're talking about he, his work um, around grief does go down into those five stages or six stages now I think he's got now. So it's the denial, the anger, the bargaining, the depression and acceptance. And and what was the sixth one? The sixth one is finding meaning. And he did that later, didn't he? That was he his second. Later. Yeah. So for anybody book. who doesn't know David Kessler, he Elizabeth Kubler Ross wrote the stages of grief with David Kessler. And um, Dr. Kubler Ross is now past, but Dr and he's not a doctor, David Kessler is still living. And he's written this book, Finding Meaning, The Sixth Stage of Grief. And I, again, like I said earlier, found it recently. And it has really changed the way that I have processed Mm. BB's passing and this book being written and the way that I'm running my business. Mm. And And so from this, I have realized that I 
I am not a therapist. I am not a doctor, but it is so important for pet owners to have their grief witnessed. And I am now offering those services, which is something that I think you knew Tara was going to come. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like clapping on the side here. She finally figured it out. (laughs) And so I finally, I'm there and it's just, um, I'm going to read a quote from the book. In grief, we often entangle the past, present, and future. We need to come into the present moment so we're getting our meaning from the now, not the then. Mm. And the now is what's really hard when we mm. lose something, mm. especially a pet. And so with a pet, think of your, anybody who has a pet right now. Look at your pet. Think of your pet. Touch your pet. That animal never has a bad day. Have you ever seen a, your dog or cat or bird have a bad day? They might have a little attitude here and there, but they are the epitome of unconditional love. And when we lose that, we lose a constant in our life that we may not have appreciated enough. And so for me, that was really huge that I lost that constant, which was BB. So it just, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just, uh, what was uh, I wanted to touch on was that unconditional love thread that you mentioned before. You know, perhaps having, you know, pets in our world is that uh, little opening, you know, to show us what unconditional love actually looks like in, you know, a different form. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's just kind of dropped in, in with me. But, you know, I, I, the internal process of, of, of grief um, it's a journey, isn't it? it? It's it doesn't end on a certain day or date. It's as individual as each of us, and grief is real because loss is real, right? And each grief has like it's like this own imprint, isn't it? Like its own uh, distinct, unique um, blueprint, and, and the pain of loss is it's so intense and so heartbreaking because. In loving, we deeply connect with another, and and through grief, it's that reflection of that connection that's been lost. And, and so, um, you know, with the processes of David Kessler's work, you know, uh, in those five stages, um, I know they're not kind of uh, what are they called? They're not like stops. Yeah, yeah they're, they're not, not like a linear timeline. No, uh, not everyone goes through all of them, or you know, or in certain order that we mentioned before. They're kind of like, do you see them as more guideposts? Um, to help you be better equipped with loss? Like how do you see um, those five stages um, in in your journey? Yeah, so when we're grieving, we want to stay in one place. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to use myself as an example. When BB passed, I didn't want to move forward because that would be technically, I'm doing air quotes, leaving her behind. So call that my safe harbor. My safe harbor was living in that past of when she was alive. Moving forward meant she really wasn't here. And so I think acceptance, um, what's on the other side of acceptance? I don't know. And it's, it's these moving through the stages, again, guideposts. I don't want to use them as... Um, this is what you have to do in order to heal, but they are very helpful. And what's really scary with 
with these emotions are let's use anger. Anger is a very scary emotion because it feels very out of control. Mm. But once you feel your anger, it then lessens. It lessens and lessens and lessens. The more you let those emotions come in, the more they're going to go out. Picture the ocean. We've got a huge high tide coming in. It's taking so much sand and so much energy out with it. But guess what? The low tide is coming too, and that's more gentle. Mm. And so being in that harbor of grief, wherever that is and whatever stage you're in, it's, it's fine for a while, but you have to leave the harbor. You have to. And this book is really meant to help gently nudge you out of it. It is a little, I, it's a little book. It's five by seven. It's a little tool to help. And I know it's something I needed. And it's something that I would have loved to be given by someone after BB passed. Um, I found that people that I thought would really be hurt by BB passing were just fine. And I felt like I was the only one. And I think with grief, a lot of times you feel alone. Mm. And that's that's not how humans are built. Mm. And, and, and on top of that, Annie, like, you know, our society places so much pressure on us to get over loss, you know, to get through the grief. And when it comes yep. to, say, a pet, even more so. But how long do you actually grieve, you know, for a dog of... 14, 17 years, a cat of 18 years, a horse of 30 years, you know, it, it never ends. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. How much did you love that animal? Mm. That would be my, my question. If someone said, how long am I going to grieve? I would say, well, will you ever stop loving that animal mm. or person or place? And that grief is such a, an all-encompassing emotion and experience. You can grieve a past version of yourself, Grief is, we're sitting here talking about animals, and that's something we a lot of us can relate to, but grief can be after you become a mother, your old life, your old body, your old work that you had to give up, your, your relationship you never had with your father. Like, all of these things can be felt, and our animals are the biggest teachers of it. Mm. Yeah, and it can last a lifetime. It's not, and, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it's you know even though the loss happens in 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 time, you know, mm -hmm. in fact, you know, a moment. But yeah, its aftermath lasts a lifetime, doesn't it? So yeah, um, I want to dive in and, and talk about you know if there's any kind of specific rituals or activities um, that helped you um, or that you could recommend to others um, that are going through a similar experience. I know you've written a book, and that's how you channeled a lot of those emotions, which is beautiful. But yeah, I just want to know if there's anything else that you kind of did on the other side, you know, rituals or practices that you brought into play to help support you. I love this question. Um, again, the book is just a tiny little tool to help nudge these rituals. Um, and it's a beautiful tool. Can we talk? Yeah, we want to come is. in and talk about this in a moment. But. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> the I had mentioned this earlier in our conversation was the Western culture really hides death. Mm. You think about mm. even just a coffin casket. The person who has passed is covered. Then they are buried, and you don't see them. And they're put in all this makeup and embalmed and all of this. And death is a very scary thing. And so I would suggest 
anybody who has a pet that's aging or has had a pet that's passed and you have not done a ritual or memorial yet for that pet, really think about what would honor you and honor that pet. So I'll tell a little story of, of Bibi. So when she got sick, um, there was a frangipani tree that was plumeria, anybody in the United <laughs> States, that was growing from our neighbor's yard into our yard. And it drops these beautiful, fragrant, fragrant flowers. And we were outside with the other dogs and her. And she picked up one of the flowers and brought it to my husband. And he goes, did you see that? Like, no. Then she picked up another one and brought it to me and just dropped it. This was very out of her character. She really didn't act like a dog very often. And so when she did pass, we asked the neighbor, can we cut off a clipping of the frangipani tree? And the neighbor said, of course. And we took a huge, giant clipping and then um, propagated it in our yard and then planted her ashes with it and said a little poem. And Eddie, the dog that she left behind, he's a cavapoo. Every month he sits in front of the tree and we take a photo of him sitting in front of the tree so that we can see it growing and blooming as well. And so we have a shared album on our phones of Eddie and the BB tree and listen to how wild this is. We got a new dog. Her name is Cece because we always made a joke that the next dog would be Cece. She goes out to that tree and goes number one and number two every day. Really? <laughs> Out of the big giant yard that we have, uh, that's where she chooses. <laughs> and so uh, it's a really, it's really beautiful. And that's, that's our ritual. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love that. Yeah. It, it kind of brings all the senses in, you know, it's a memory of baby that, you know, as you said, was out of character, and she mm-hmm. picked up she picked up a frangipani, <laughs> and then they're brings, actually poisonous. And they actually are they yes, uh, and brings them in to both you and Brad, and drops them at <clears> your feet, <throat> and, one for each. And you know, and even just the smell of them too, <laughs> like you know, that can, that's just like sensory overload right there. Mm-hmm. And to be able to watch the, it's like that beautiful process of growing something new right. and really honoring that and you know even though the life has now passed there's you know a life in this in this beautiful tree that's really thank you for sharing that's really really uh, a beautiful um ritual or practice that we can you know um consider um doing and our pets should be honored i think mm-hmm. it is for the living um uh, memorials and it helps you process the grief. It really mm-hmm. helps you know that you still have a little piece of them with you. There's jewelry that you can have made, mm-hmm. that you can turn your pet's ashes into a diamond. You can name something after them. I saw something really cute on Instagram where someone put pictures of their dog in their yard and said, here's their old toys, please take one. Mm-hmm. Lenny or whatever his name was had passed. And that's just such a beautiful thing. And journaling, write their story down. Tell your other pets about them. Tell your new pets about them. Mm-hmm. So keeping their name alive. I know everyone, every culture has a, a way to honor their dead. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's it's a really good thing. I like how you've suggested to not preempt it, but if, you know, if, 
if it's getting to that point or, you know, they're a little bit older and uh, or they're showing other signs that, you know, especially that grief process that we were talking about before because, you know, you start to feel a bit confused and you start to feel a little bit forgetful, especially during those first, you know, few days when when you lose a pet. And um, I, obviously this is part of the that process of, of grief and um, – Obviously, there's no right or wrong way um, to do it, and whatever you're feeling is 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 right for you. Uh, I really like the idea of you know sitting down and kind of planning that and really uh, having that forethought, yeah. you know, um, with it all. Uh, I want to ask, uh, you know, how um, the once you do lose uh, your pet, that generally uh, the pet owners walk out of the vets um, or wherever uh, and they are generally given um, the rainbow bridge poem and we're going to go dive into this she's going here you guys she's doing it so I want to ask you a little bit more about like why you actually dislike that term rainbow bridge because you know it's the if everyone hasn't heard it's you know that um, the rainbow bridge poems about um, this uh, rainbow bridge Oh, let, I'll let you talk about it. Annie, yeah, it's, where the, it's very... where the pets go and wait for their owners. <laughs> in the green meadows. In and, the meadows. Yeah. And it's very um, Christian central mm-hmm. um, language is what I'm trying to say. And I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm just sharing my experience with the Rainbow Bridge and how I know a lot of pet owners can relate how you race home from work, you plan your evenings around your pets, you plan vacations around them. How long can I actually leave my pet? If your pet is old and ailing, can you actually leave that pet alone for more than two hours at a time? Mm. Probably not. So why would I want my precious pet waiting in some meadow with a bunch of other animals? She never liked the dog park, okay, (laughs) waiting for me. It sounds like her worst nightmare. Mm. And mine. So I'm looking for a more, uh, I don't, I don't know how to say this well, but I'm looking for a new way to honor the pets. It's maybe a new poem. Maybe it's loss unleashed. Maybe it's a new general collective. The pet loss doctor on Instagram, she just came out with a pet loss journal. It's on Amazon. Katie, I'm giving you a plug because you're amazing. (laughs) And her book literally just came out two days ago. And, you know, maybe that's that's what people need. Mm -hmm. I know that the Rainbow Bridge poem is not what I needed. And I know it's helped a lot of people. But I think that it's time for the general spiritual community to change the dialogue. Mm, Here, here. And it starts here. Yeah. So, so we've said it and (laughs) we'll see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) And I do want to talk about that, you know, having that support system, uh, when dealing with the loss of a pet, what advice do you have for those who may not have received adequate understanding or support from others? Because there's many people that say, you know, uh, you know, I've lost my pet and, uh, you know, a lot of them, a lot of the response is, Oh, it's just a pet. It was, you know, you'll get just over an it. animal. It's just an animal. Like, yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, at, at least it wasn't your child. Mm. Which grief is grief, loss mm. is loss. That is that is my response to this. And I had mentioned I found that the people I thought would be very understanding were not, and that was really really hard. 
And I and I wish that there was bereavement for any type of bereavement in the office place, because bereavement is bereavement. If you're sad, you're sad and you've lost something, you've lost something. That cat may have been the only thing in your life that made you happy. And if that cat crosses, it's going to be really, really hard. And I think finding community, however you can find it, is the most important thing. Find one person that you can say, I need you to to sit here with me, as hard as that is to say, and honor Fluffy or honor whoever it was that you lost and say, I, I need this. And so having that um, courage to say, I'm really sad and I really need help. Mm. And knowing that you will find the right person. And if not, come to me, send me an email, send Tara an email. Like, yeah, yeah. We are here for you. We are part of that is Tara and I talk about this all the time. We are all about the collective healing. And this is a big part of it. Mm. And so, and don't get mad. I found myself very angry with certain people and situations. And then I find myself very sad that I got angry that BB wasn't being honored the way that I wanted her honored. We're all different. Mm. Some people may not be able to process grief at all. They go right back to work after someone passes or something, a big loss happens. And that's how they process it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Me, I now cry all the time. Yeah. Me, I'm now kind of a different person. Mm. Not everyone's going to be that way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I know a lot of people get new pets as well. Right. And, you know. Don't do it too soon and adopt. <laughs> uh, I, and I, I really want to just lastly kind of dive into more about um, your experience with pet loss and how that's really shaped your perspective on death and just in general um, you know do you believe that there are common threads in in grief uh, and losing a pet and losing a, a loved one mm-hmm. yeah uh, listen to this mm. so I'm gonna make it through this without crying so when Steve Jobs died his last six words were oh wow oh wow oh wow because what happens in those last moments is you are, it's like plugging in your phone into the full energy of the universe. And when Bibi and I were in my car with the vet, I didn't want to do it inside the vet. We were in my car and it was time. And the vet started administering the medicine. Bibi sat straight up and looked me in the eyes. And then her head fell right into my hands. And it was this, at first, a horrifying moment. Was she not ready? What just happened? And the more that I explored the spiritual side of what happened was, that was her directly plugging into the universe and realizing, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. I am now back exactly where I was created, and I am now everything because you can never destroy energy. Mm. And our pets are the epitome of energy. Wow, Annie. For me, Ah. death has become something that I want to talk about and I want to be okay with because I was not okay when she died. And I want to be okay when it's time for me to go or the next important person in my life. So it really opens up that dialogue and it's not something that's shadowy and dark. 
It is something that is beautiful and it is a part of life. Everything will die. And I say that with a smile because it's a happy thing. This is not a bad thing. Like how beautiful that BB got to go the way that she did. And she was with me for 13, 14 years. Yeah. And the last vision she had was you. Was me looking yeah. at her as she then got to go back to, to source. Yeah. Like, oh, Amazing. how cool is that? Yeah. So I just pictured her saying, oh, wow. Oh, oh wow. wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, and then she left me behind and then I fell apart. <laughs> so <laughs> naturally, naturally. <of> course. <laughs> <laughs> that, that reminds me of, uh, you know, um, Nick Cave, how he mm-hmm. um, responded to um, that fan letter talking about his death of um, uh, his son, Arthur. Yep. And so Arthur tragically passed away in, I think it was around 2014 or 15, um, uh, you know, after falling off a cliff. Um, in Brighton, uh, in, in England, and um, the fan was asking about, you know, dealing with death and whether Cave felt his son Arthur was communicating with him. And in his response, Cave said that without love, there is no grief and vice versa. And it seems to me that if we love, we grieve. And that's like, that's the deal. Um, that's the pact. And grief and love are like almost forever intertwined. And grief is this terrible reminder of the depths of our love. And like love, grief is like non-negotiable. And so he went on to say that he still feels Arthur's presence. Like, I feel that presence of my son all around, but he may not be here or uh, around me, but I hear him talk to me. I hear him parent me. I hear him guide me. And I and I hear him all the time, though he may not be here with me. Mm-hmm. My question to you is, do you hear? Oh, I'm about to get cry. I know. <laughs> to You're going to make me cry. Nick, that you, Nick Cave quote is just. Do you hear Bibi? Oh, and everything that I do. <sighs> yeah. And it's, and I'm so lucky. Like, that's how I feel at the end of the day when I miss her. And in this moment when I'm crying and anybody that knew her knew that she did everything with me. She traveled with me. She taught all my Pilates classes with me. If you knew her, you knew me and vice versa. And so it is the deal. Like, that is the deal. I chose that I was going to be this sad when she left me and she is everywhere and I'm just so lucky. And I, and I say this to anybody who's lost anyone or anything. If you feel disconnected from that source, just ask for a sign. Mm -hmm. BB sign is a, is an airstream. And, and I love when I see them, Mm -hmm. they don't have airstreams in Australia. So it's usually like pictures on TV and whatnot, but there was one on the Super Bowl yesterday. So that was like really cool. Um, so yeah, so ask for a sign. That's, mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing. And they're always there. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I agree. I, I think, you know, it, it's a omnipresence, you know, mm-hmm. as they, and you can always connect in and, and ask for more guidance, more signs, more, physical reminders uh, and everything. So can we talk about your book, Annie? Yes. Um, it has such a beautiful cover. I, I love it. it. It is this beautiful image of a, looks like the Garden of Eden and there's all these oh, beautiful uh, animal illustrations over the top of it as well. And uh, it's, you know, 28 affirmations for humans who have lost their precious pet. Question, why 28? 
And can you just share us a little bit more about the book? Absolutely. So 28, it was originally going to be 10. And my book <laughs> wife, Tara, said it needs to be more than that. And 28 has always been my number. It's also a sign from my guides. So every time I see a 28, I know I'm in alignment. I always check in. What am I thinking about right now as I see that? And so it was just no question that it was going to be 28. Um, and the book is from the perspective of the pets. There are also journal entry pages in here and some little quotes. And then I think everyone's favorite thing is in the back of the book, the memory space with the little envelope. And this book was meant to be something really easy. It was not meant to be some big, long slog that you don't have the energy to process as you're processing grief. Mm. So it was meant to be something you could open up to any page, mm -hmm. whether that's an affirmation, a quote, or a journal page, and you get something out of it. So maybe it's a tear, maybe it's a laugh, maybe it's I need to write down something right now. And it's also a, a connection for me to others who are struggling with grief and pet loss because I felt so isolated in mine that I wanted to build this community. And I shout out to the community. It's growing every day. And I know it's a hard community to be part of, but we're all here for each other. And it's amazing. And so I don't know who says the quote, but there's a quote that says, if you're human you will experience loss. Like, that's it, full stop. You'll experience pain, and it's how you travel it and who you travel it with. Mm -hmm. And so this book was meant to be a little guidepost for anybody experiencing loss. Mm -hmm. And and that that's, that's really it. So, I mean, there's beautiful illustrations oh, in it. It is. It is beautiful, and you can see... The illustration of you and BB oh, um, yes. on, the, on the front page as well on the inside cover. And I think towards the end, too, from memory. Yeah, yes. there you are. In the yeah. last few pages, us traveling together. And it's meant to encompass all animals. I know there's just a horse, a bird, a dog, and a cat on the front. But this, this goes for all animals and maybe all sentient beings. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So, where can we where can we get Lost Unleashed, Annie? Where can we go to buy this beautiful book uh, or keepsake for people that you know that have just lost, uh, you know, one of their pets, and um, you're struggling to find the words, and you can find this beautiful gift somewhere? Where can we go? Yeah, so you can go directly to the website lostunleashed.com, and there is a Kindle version on Amazon. There is also an audio book coming out very, very soon. It's been recorded. It's just waiting to be released. <laughs> and there's also going to be a paperback version on Amazon that will be available very, very soon, probably by the time this podcast comes out. So with that, there's all different means of using this book. And right now, the best place is directly on the website. And there are... I've also created a free pet loss course. So if you're looking for something immediate, I've found that a lot of people need immediate help um, once they've lost a pet that they don't really know which way to turn. There's mm -hmm. a little free course on there. And mm -hmm. I always love hearing from, from everyone as well. So you can always just reach out directly to me on the website. And I'm a real human. I will respond. So how beautiful is that? You know, when when you're going and moving through the emotions, you know, moving through that grief process that, you know, there's that 
stem of loneliness that may sprout uh, in, in your system. And to know that there's um, solace and comfort in you know, Loss Unleashed, especially through a, a course. That's beautiful, Annie. So I will pop those links in the show notes. Um, so it's lossunleashed.com. And also um, go check Annie out over Instagram as well at Loss Unleashed and, and give her a follow. And her Instagram account is just full of these beautiful uh, quotes and these beautiful reminders. And it's really this nurturing, comfort, comforting space that you just want to lap up and be part of. So Thank you, Annie, for today. Thank you. It's been an absolute honour. I feel like this is one of the most serious chats we've had in in a while. (laughs) Uh, But it's beautiful. So thank you so very much for giving up your time, sharing your light in the world and bringing this book uh, to those that need it. So thank you. Thank you, Tara, for having me. And yes, it feels serious, but we're here to also make loss easier even though it holds a lot of weight. So thank yeah. you for opening this up to the world even more on your podcast. My pleasure. Oh. <laughs> All right, friends, that concludes today's conversation. If it lifted your spirit or touched your soul, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave a review and subscribe to this podcast so that more souls can be impacted by these life-changing conversations. And if you're not ready for this episode to end, head over to tarahegarty.com to get the show notes for today's episode. I love you so much and thank you for being here. I'll see you next week for another episode of Business Meets Soul. Soul.